Our gospel today continues from our Luke reading for our, as our psalm today is Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But Mary was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. I always love the Sunday in Advent. Um, it's the Sunday we get to really talk about Mary, Mary, the mother of Jesus, who I always love is one of the few people in scripture who actually receives a call from God and doesn't immediately try to get out of it. Mary doesn't require God to prove God's faithfulness like Abraham did. She doesn't negotiate or bargain with the angel as Jacob did. Mary doesn't claim to be unworthy or incapable of the work God calls her to like Moses. She doesn't rail against God or run away like Jonah. She doesn't postpone or vocally fear her calling like Esther and even initially does. She doesn't try to get out of it. Even though compared to Abraham or Moses or Jacob or Jonah or even Esther, Mary would have seemed to be the most unworthy. She is the last person anyone would have expected to receive such a blessing, such a message of care, such a calling from God. We focus a lot on uh, the virgin portion of her story, but often that word virgin can also mean young woman. And so there is this really interesting piece to me when she says, how can this be? I am a virgin. There's the logistical piece to being pregnant, but also I think the question of how can this be? I'm a young woman. How can this young woman be called by God, be called blessed and favored and be called into 
one of what I would imagine as a parent myself, one of the most difficult callings that God can give to a person. Not only are you a young woman without wealth or power or privilege, but also you're now going to be the mother of the son of God. Like, that's a big deal, right? She is the last person anyone would have expected to receive such a blessing, such a message of care and calling from God. And yet she listens, she ponders, she nods. And I appreciate that in all of this, Mary's story isn't one of her pushing back, but rather of asking questions, trying to learn more and pondering. Mary is portrayed as a thoughtful young woman in all of this. And in this thoughtfulness, she responds to God's call in her life, God's action in her life, by responding to the angel Gabriel. And most of us have not had the experience like this, right? Most of us have not had an angel like Gabriel greeting us, as far as I know. And it, so it makes sense that Mary is a little perplexed or maybe even a little agitated at the first sign of this angel appearing in her room, presumably the way we imagine it at night. But our gospel writer Luke says that it's the greeting itself that she's pondering, not this appearance of an angel that terrifies shepherds, but that the angel said to her, greetings favored one, the Lord is with you. That is more surprising than the angel himself because nothing in Mary's life would suggest that she was favored or that the Lord was with her. A young unmarried woman in ancient Israel living in a small town called Nazareth. She was no one. And even though, as we read in our Old Testament reading today, God is a God who says, I am among you. I am among my people that I will build a house for you, that it's God who's participating with us, there's still this idea that sometimes we struggle to imagine God actually with us, especially in this kind of moment for Mary. And so it makes me think a lot about all of the times that we've been confused or perplexed or wanting to be more thoughtful about what God is doing in our lives. And I know personally, I have found myself perplexed and pondering God for all sorts of reasons, especially these days during, you know, nine months of a pandemic and missing everyone's faces in person and missing gathering in the house we built for God, even if God is busy building God's own houses for us in our church, but also in our own homes and in our own hearts. But yeah, that's gonna give my Yeah, and in Hadley's sparkly yard. Um I mean Yes. That's how the way it is. Yes, God loves us just for who we are and just the way we are. Um, I love the small child book, commentary here. Yeah, thank you, Hadley. So for me personally, I can talk a little bit about some of the ways that this time has really shifted my own 
call, I guess, from God, because I never expected that my call to ministry would include video design and worship production and planning out parking lot events and um, trying to find these new ways to still lead and participate and join in worship together and in fellowship together. I never thought in my life I would be orchestrating a Zoom smorgasbord and have it actually go well, but it did. Mary is likely perplexed by the angel's statement that she is a favored one, that the Lord is with her, but it always makes me think, what does it mean to be favored? For Mary, she would imagine the heroes from her scriptures, leaders and kings and patriarchs, mostly dudes. Even female heroes in scripture like Esther and Deborah and Yael are so different from her. They're queens and judges and warriors, but Mary is just a young woman. But throughout scripture, these biblical heroes that seem to get all the favor that they receive from God isn't it's not because they deserved it necessarily. We kind of already went through the list of ancient biblical heroes and all of the ways in which they tried to avoid or push back or escape from God's call. And one of the things I really need to remember in all of this is when God calls us into whatever it is we're doing, whether it being the mother of God, a pastor, a member of a church, of a family, of friend groups, of service organizations, the favor isn't that we've earned some sort of blessing in our faithfulness and, or in what we're doing, but it's God's favor. It's God's presence. It's the Lord with you. That blessing, that care, that call, that whatever it is that God is calling us to, we're not alone in it. Just like for Mary, she was not alone in being called to become the son or the mother of the son of God. The angel begins with, the Lord is with you. To be favored by God means to be chosen to be a blessing to others. And I think that that kind of favor should receive some pondering. We might spend some time being perplexed by it, especially if we struggle to recognize God's presence with us, among us, through it. Because it's not an easy calling, the work that God calls us to. For Mary, it's a blessing and a message, but it's also something that's going to change her entire life and the entire world forever. And so in response to this blessing, to this presence of God, Mary's got a question. And she says, how can this be? And you know what? During this year, I feel like I've been asking that a lot. How can this be? How is this what we're doing right now? As I'm grateful for all of the ways in which technology and the Holy Spirit brings us together, I keep finding myself saying, how can this be? Mary was already a person of faith. And what I think is one of my biggest things that I take from her in this story is that she's not afraid to ask questions. She's not afraid 
that her faith is too fragile to wonder or ponder at what might be, at what her role might look like. It's the questions that help her to fully grow into and accept this calling from God to receive this blessing and to sense the Lord's presence around her. And I am grateful for that because my whole life, I have been a questioner. I have always had questions. Um, and I know that very well now that apparently that might be genetic because the number of times Hadley asks me why or what or how over and over again um, is sometimes exhausting, but I believe is truly just God's consequences for my own questioning when I was young. But the moments in my life where I have felt blessed and cared for and called are often the moments that I felt the most doubtful, the most scared, the most worried. And there are moments where I have felt sort of tugged or pulled by God in ways that have pushed me past my comfort zones, that have pushed me to be authentically in this call to love God and love our neighbor. For me, it's the nerve wracking but so important call to be an advocate for racial justice, to not only care for and serve those who are marginalized or have been oppressed, but also to serve the least of these, those who are unhoused, who are the most in need right now, especially during this time of year. There have been moments in my own life where I have sensed God calling me to be my authentic self, like Mary is being called to be her authentic self as the mother of the Son of God. And it is terrifying. It is so hard sometimes just to honestly say who we are especially for those of us who are part of the LGBTQ plus community, who are part of marginalized groups, who feel on the outs looking in. But the truth is that God knows all of us. God knew Mary. And without her having to earn it or deserve it by any other standards, God sees her, loves her, is with her and calls her into her truest self, into some of the hardest, most important work she can do. And God does all of that for us as well, whether it be in our roles as members and friends of a church in our Christian faith, serving those in need and spreading love and care and the good news of this baby born to a young woman in ancient Israel, whether it's in our roles as parents or godparents or teachers or all of the ways in which our careers, both past and present and future, help us to understand who we are and also to understand who we are outside of those places too. Each role in our lives, each part of our identity is called by God into its fullness, into its truest self the way God calls the mother of the son of God. And during a pandemic, as, even not during a pandemic, honestly, we've been talking about this for a long time, God calls us outside of our church building, 
right? God calls us into the community, into service, into fellowship, into connection with our neighbors. And during a pandemic, particularly, we can't do that in the church building. We're doing it from our homes, from our living rooms, gathering together through technology and the Holy Spirit. We do it in smaller groups. We have found these ways to maintain safety and care for the life of our neighbors while also still continuing in this call we have as people of faith. But we, could, but we don't call names. And we don't call names. In all of this, we are still being called outside our doors for those in need in our community. And it helps me to look back at our Old Testament reading today and to see the way in which God works outside of anything we expect. And God is here in this church building waiting for when we can return and God is there with us in all of this. And all of our questions and wonderings, especially during this last couple of months, how do you plan giving Thanksgiving baskets to families in need when we aren't gathering regularly in the building? How do you plan Christmas boxes? How do we invite giving to the cold weather emergency shelter? We have all of these how can this be questions, but as we ask how can this be, we are reminded over and over again nothing is impossible with God. We raised over $700 for our Thanksgiving gift cards given to our local elementary schools to serve families in need during Thanksgiving. We raised, I think the last number I heard was more than $1,500 for our gifts and clothing for 18 children and youth who are in need through Family Promise and Columbia Heights Elementary and Catlin Elementary. We continue to find ways to provide for the cold weather emergency shelter, including our special offerings for this uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day this week. We continue to be church. We continue to be people of faith. We continue to serve God and serve one another to serve our neighbor as God has called us to. Because even in the midst of a pandemic, nothing is impossible for God, especially when we know that the Lord is with us. Thanks be to God. Amen.